Welcome to That's All, a weekly debrief about anything and everything happening in fashion and pop culture with Cozzy and Em. I'm Cozzy. And I'm Em. And welcome back. This is our last episode of the year. Yeah, we're taking a little break over Christmas, as we hope you all are. We figured no one should be commuting over this fun, lawless time of year. No, we're not just for commutes, but we are, we feel like it's probably the main. Yeah, we just wanted to have a little sabbatical, a little chill, but not without saying goodbye and toasting to the best of 2023, which is what we'll be doing today, going through the best, worst, funniest, cringest, and our favorite moments, and our least favorite moments, and our favorite and least favorite people. It's been such a big year. I was just saying to Cozzy before we got on mic that I've conflated the past three years into one somehow. So when I was thinking about the biggest moments of the past 12 months, I'm pulling things out from like 2021. No, same. I had to do some serious Googling today because I was like, I was like best film of the year, obviously Top Gun Maverick. And then I was like, no, that was 2022. Like so many things that I thought would this year weren't. And I also go through a phase every year of thinking that Julia Fox and Kanye West went out in like the January of the year I feel like for the past two years I've been like but this January was when Kanye and Julia got together and I'm like no now that was like two years ago yeah in my mind Kanye and Kim are still going through the first part of their separation in my head that's still fresh I don't know why no I agree everything affects us but before we get into the long and tall of 2023 It's the Christmas season or the festive season, whatever you celebrate. And we thought we would, well, I thought this is very much me idea because I'm, but I feel like you love Christmas too. Like we're both Christmas bitches. Is this correct? I love Christmas. I'm not, I have no religious ties to the day. I just think it's cute. I like that everything's red and green. I think it's a wholesome day. Yeah. I love Christmas so much. Like next to my birthday, Christmas day is like (laughs) the day. Um, I also think that is what happens when you're an only child growing up in a, in a big family. It's, you love Christmas. But I thought that we could go through some of our favorite Christmas movies or things that we like to watch. Doesn't necessarily have to be Christmassy, but what you watch and enjoy like around the Christmas period, like your Christmas recommendations. Do you have a number one? I don't know if I have a number one. I definitely have like tiers, like essential essential films that have to be watched and then ones that I can take or leave yeah and then other ones that if I have time big yes but having said that I actually haven't watched any this year like I can't believe it's the 18th of December and I haven't consumed any Christmas content it doesn't feel like mid-December like the air no. the way things look and smell it doesn't feel like mid-December no and I also think because like in our apartment we don't have a tree we oh. haven't done that this year because we don't have any room well I would made a big fuss last year and had like um I borrowed one of the like the old tree from my grandma's house I took that to our share house and I made everyone decorate it and I was like this is what's so and very important and now yeah we don't we don't have enough room for a tree and I'm also not logging it up three flights of stairs uh so we need to I need to get some tinsel or something for flatmate Tom and I to celebrate just some sparkles Uh, a little something. Yeah, and even I literally said to him, I was like, do you want to watch a Christmas movie? And he's like, "I'm, yeah, maybe. I'm not really sure. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just watch Elf by myself or whatever. I, so I think in terms of like the tears, actually, no, you go first. What are your, what do you like to do and watch at Christmas? My non-negotiables at Christmas, obviously Love Actually. Huge. Agreed. If you don't watch Love Actually at Christmas time, what are you doing? 
I think it's one of the best yeah. movies ever. I love an ensemble cast. I love plots where nothing means everything. They're just putting it out there to be a little bit fun. What do you think about the discourse about like toxic men in Christmas movies and stuff? Like I saw a Refinery 29 article about that. They pop up this time every year. Those kinds of it's always a, It's always a good like piece to you know rankle people with and then everyone forgets about it two days later yeah because everyone just loves a Christmas movie and this is where I kind of I switch my brain off at Christmas um and also when was it released in like 2003 2000 and yeah 2003 that's a long time ago I think it's a different time I also think we are smart watchers when we watch films we're not going to just adopt every single value or ideal that they project. And also, like, to be honest, no one's watching that movie and being like, oh, Alan Rickman, what a great guy. Everyone's watching <laughs> it and being like, you are the worst person in the world. And Mia, girl with Bob from Office, also worst woman in the world. No one's like, no one's watching it and being like, Anya Alan. Everyone's like, I wish you'd gotten caught sooner. Rowan Atkinson should have... You know, we wish that Emma had seen it sooner. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm watching Love Actually for Emma Thompson. I'm watching it for oh, God. little I'm baby I'm Andrew Lincoln. <laughs> exactly. I think my unpopular Christmas opinion is I love Andrew Lincoln in that movie. Like, I never really thought what he did was super problematic. I was like, it's romantic. Look at all of these amazing shots of her from the wedding. I agreed with you <laughs> growing up. Now, yeah I think that's the thing I yeah. don't agree with that now but definitely growing up I was like what is she doing like he's fantastic and I love his jumpers he's in love with her I know I w- I thought it was so romantic like at the wedding and when Laura Linney's like are you in love with him and then he realized that it's her and I was always like no Laura no. like he's in love with Kira Knightley <laughs> as we all are I'm in love with her it like, happens it's not a crime to be in love with Kira Knightley like what are you supposed to do not fall in love with Kira Knightley exactly I'm sorry <laughs> We're all only human and it's Christmas. Oh, while we're on this topic, sorry, this is me pulling out another no, random so fun. fun fact. I hope you guys no. like these. Um, it, this isn't a fun fact, actually. Take that back. I found this out about Liam Neeson the other day. Yeah. And my feelings for him have ebbed and flowed over the years. You feel sorry for him in love, actually. Like, he's just the perfect oh, It widow. kills me when he starts crying in the kitchen and then she's like, no one's going to shag you if you cry all the time. <laughs> so sad. When I found out a bit later that he was married to Natasha Richardson before she died, she was yeah. the headmistress in Wild Child. That's my favorite role. And the and the mum from um The Parent Trap. Truly incredible. I feel like I should probably flag this for sensitivity. We'll be touching on racial violence for a couple of minutes if you don't want that. Will we? Today. Yeah, so this was the oh, God. random thing I found out about Liam Neeson this week. What? A few years ago he divulged Simply that he wanted to kill a black man. Sorry, this is so un-Christmassy. But he wanted to kill Whoa. Kill any black man. And this was on a press what? tour too. So when you're trying to oh get people God. to watch your work and pay attention to you. I'm like frantically Googling while you're telling me this. It wasn't an off-the-cuff like Chinese Whispers Daily Mail reporting. It was published in an interview. So the context was that he was talking about how he channeled rage into this particular role. And they were talking about where he got that experience from. It was because one of his friends had been sexually assaulted and he kind of saw it as his duty to avenge her. 
so it says it's from the independent it says he generated his character's primal anger by recounting an experience he had 40 years ago in which a female friend of his had been raped by a stranger after learning the attacker was a black man neeson said that he spent a week going up and down areas with a kosh which is like a weapon hoping that some black bastard quote unquote would come out of a pub and have a go so that he could kill him in the interview he also said he was ashamed of the experience and that the things he did and said were horrible he said it's awful but i did learn a lesson from it when i eventually thought what the fuck are you doing in an appearance on good morning america neeson elaborated on his comments while denying being a racist stating he'd asked for the physical attributes of the rapist other than his race and that he would have done the same thing if the rapist was a scot or a brit or a lithuanian he also said that he'd purposely gone into black areas of the city, but that he did seek help and counseling from his friends and a priest after coming to his senses. He said that the lessons of his, the lesson of his experience was to open up and talk about his, these things, including toxic masculinity and the underlying racism and bigotry in both the US and Northern Ireland. So heavy. Well, Super the heavy. controversy following his comments led to the cancellation of the red carpet event for the premiere of Cold Pursuit, which is what the the film he was promoting that is so intense i did not know that no and i found that out against my will this week this was all just i just found i just read this on um on wikipedia i believe everything that i read on wikipedia to be honest i love wikipedia but it's all directly quoted from the independent yeah so that is so hectic learning that in the past month right before i started oh. watching love actually i went oh this i need some time to process dude but why did you tell me why would you admit to having a little marky mark moment but i mean to be fair marky mark bashed that guy just because he, like, Liam Neeson didn't actually, he had the intention. Like, Marky Mark actually fucking bashed a guy and was like, what did he say? He was like, it was a Vietnamese guy. He called, he's, he said like a slur or something. Sorry, that was that's just cooked. such a bizarre tangent, but. No, that's so fine. But we do love him in Love Actually. We do love him in <laughs> Going back to that. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I love Love Actually. Even though Hugh Grant has come out and said that he didn't enjoy doing that dance scene. Yeah, he's just a grump. He's just a grump. And I mean, that's why we like him. He doesn't enjoy anything. He doesn't enjoy anything. But if he truly didn't enjoy anything, he wouldn't have been an Oompa Loompa in the latest Wonka. Well, he said he only did that for the money and he hated like every minute of it. <laughs> I doubt it. I think he actually loves being a silly little guy. I reckon too. But it's also like, he's. I love how every time he takes a role, he's like, I have a lot of children. I need money. I'm like, yeah, maybe if you stop getting people pregnant, you wouldn't have to do these roles that you hate. Honestly. Okay, so Love Actually is the favourite. <laughs> yeah. What else? Uh, the Holiday. Love The Holiday. I love The love Holiday. Nancy Myers. I don't think I've watched The Holiday for a few years. Nancy Myers is so good. Truly amazing. I The Holiday is a funny one, though, because... And I'm keen to hear your thoughts on this. Mm. So there's kind of the two major love stories. Cameron Diaz mm. and Jude Law. Love it. Perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Can't fault it. And then there's Kate Winslet and Jack Black. And I... I love... I love them. I love them separately. I don't think they had any chemistry in this movie. And I'm... Are you kidding? No. Oh, my God. I have to completely disagree with you. You can tell they're wonderful actors. No doubt about it. No questions asked. Yeah. But when they were together, all of their scenes just felt a little bit strained or a little bit forced in a way that you don't expect from oh. such accomplished actors and people who've been working for so long. That is fascinating because I completely disagree with you. Interesting. I think that they are amazing. They're my, like, I love Cameron and Jude. And I think Jude's character of Graham, the book editor, Mr. Napkinhead, is one of the most attractive characters ever put on film. Just a personal side note. But <laughs> I think that 
Kate Winslet and Jack Black like steal that movie for me. I love them. I think they're so great when they're sitting at the piano and he starts doing the little um the little jingle for her, the little the little song. Yeah. And then when he's like when they're both being sad about their um about their like shitty exes and then they become friends with the old man, Eli Wallach. I I think it's and when he asks her out at the thing, I love them. I know when the thing gets caught in her eye and he pulls the he pulls the little whatever fucking I don't know branch out of her eye I think it's I love them I I think at first it's like matey chemistry like it's like we're pals and then it's like oh my god no it's deeper controversially I I think she had the same amount of chemistry with Eli Wallach's character oh oh my god I'm so sorry I think we can agree to disagree I think we can agree to disagree it's 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 so totally fine I think they're fantastic in that movie but I love like Kate Winslet's character like I used to have I don't have it anymore because I got rid of my pin board but you know the bit when she's having lunch with Eli Wallach and and he's like Iris in the movies we have the best friend and we have the leading lady you're why you're being the best friend of your own life you are a leading lady and then she's like oh my god I am a leading lady and it's like whatever the quote is and I I I like screenshot it and printed it and put it on my pin board to be like you are the leading lady and then she's like you're so right you're supposed to be the leading lady of your own life for god's sake (laughs) all of the accents in the movie were wonderful truer words have never been spoken like i 100% back it i like i think i love her arc but i also love cameron's arc i love all of them i'm intrigued that you said this about the chemistry okay so love actually and the holiday i think those are like the two those are the two non-negotiables i agree Yes, I think they're the two that I make a point of watching every year. Okay. And, and are there others that you like try to get to or not really? I enjoy watching the Christmas episode of Gossip Girl. Any any Christmas episode of anything. I love season one, the Christmas episode when Dan gets Serena the tree. Specifically that episode. Otherwise, I enjoy that every year now there's a new silly rom-com to do with Christmas. We've had like the Princess Switch, that one with... Oh, I never watched the Princess Vanessa Switch. Hutchins. Watch the first one because it's just a brainless watch. But last year we had Falling for Christmas with Lindsay Lohan and Cordova Street. And I that was a really special movie. It was nice to see Lindsay Lohan back in the four. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like every single year, this year we had Xmas, which I recommended a couple of eps ago. Hope you've all enjoyed that terrible, wonderful watch. And we've kind of got new things every year. So I felt for the past couple of years, my Christmas watching has just been sorted. I can't, I just think, I like love them as a concept, but I can't cope with them. Like I try, I really do try. I just feel like I can't get into it. I'm, I'm like, oh, I got, like the stakes just aren't there for me because I know it's silly. They which are Which is really awful. sad. I want to, I wish I could just forget it. But then I'm like, I could just be watching a good quality film. And then I kind of get distracted by that yeah and like what other good quality film can i watch instead of this they are awful but i love them i get that what are I your totally non-negotiables my non-negotiables also love actually yep good fair i just love it so much i just and i always love the bit that makes me that get, <laughs> gives me chills every time there's a few different parts but the main one is when um hugh grant does the speech when he like says like fuck you to the um the president when he's like we may be a small country but we're a great one too that one yeah i also think the most heartbreaking part of the film other than um alan rickman and emma thompson and that whole debacle is laura linney's character when she gets with carl the hot graphic designer guy and they have like that amazing scene the that amazing dance scene where they're both like 
so into each other and they go back and like have like half a sex scene and then it just doesn't work out and she goes and visits her brother who's like in care it just it gets me like every time I feel like that was quite progressive for the time showing this is what a a care of a relationship is these are people looking after their family members and it affects their romantic lives and I feel like that's something we would have seen in like sex education or a show akin to that level of progressiveness honestly that's so true it gets me every time so I think I love love action I love it when Thomas Brody Sangster when he runs through the airport and Rowan Atkinson he fumbles around with his ticket to give him a chance I love I just love the whole movie so love actually is non-negotiable elf is also a non-negotiable that I watch with my uncle Stephen we watch it every we try to watch it every Christmas because we both love elf and I've one of my friends Kara hates elf can't stand it but I love Elf and it always makes me cry when they sing um, uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town when they have to like get the Christmas spirit back up. I always cry. I always forget that it's Zoe Deschanel in that movie and she's just yeah. grouchy but she's secretly blonde. happy. She's blonde and she's such a good singer. So good. That's a great shout. That's a good movie. Those are my two big ones. And then um, I will also, I will try and watch The Holiday, but I haven't watched it the last few years. I've, I've got to be honest. I tried to watch While You Were Sleeping, the movie with uh, Sandra Bullock where she, it's got Sandy Cohen from The O.C. in it and um, one of my 90s crushes, uh, Bill Pullman. And it's like, if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. What are you doing here? Uh, She plays like a lonely transport officer in Chicago who doesn't have a family. And she's in love with um, Peter Gallagher, who plays Sandy Cohen. Uh, He's like this hot commuter at the train station and he falls in front of a train and she rescues him. And she takes him to the hospital and she's kind of talking to herself and they say, yo, you know, who is this guy? And she kind of says to herself, oh, you know, this is the man I I was going to marry because she's like in love with him from afar. One of the nurses overhears and thinks that she's his fiance. And then she finds herself having to pretend that she's this guy's fiance over Christmas because she doesn't have anyone to spend the holidays with. And they're also, they love her so much and they can't believe that he's engaged and he didn't tell them and he's in a coma. So what can he do? And then she falls in love with his brother. (laughs) It's so cute. I love it so much. So I try to watch while you're sleeping. And I also try to watch um, Bridget Jones because I believe that's a Christmas movie. Any kind of lonely woman in British winter movie, it's Christmas. Yeah, 100%. And also because it starts and ends at Christmas yes. so I think that that's important so I I think I watched that last year and then I also try to watch um there's like always a Midsummer Murders Christmas episode that I try to watch <laughs> um but that's been a few years in between <laughs> to be honest and a few years ago me and my friends all got together and watched Die Hard but you can never last all the way through Die Hard it's really hard no but it is a Christmas movie Un- undeniably Christmas undoubtedly movie. no one fight us yeah. on that no but I do believe that and I also think a lot of people think that like the first Harry Potter is a Christmas movie because it's always it's cozy the whole way through. I don't know if I'm necessarily of that belief, but I like the idea of it. No, I'm not a Harry Potter girl, unfortunately. Are you I, not? No, I'm not big on oh. fantasy. That's okay. Are you like a celebrity? Do you listen to like the Ariana Grande Christmas albums or do you do like Michael Bublé and the classics? I do Michael Bublé, love Michael Bublé and Same. I also love the classics and How to Make Gravy by Paul Kelly is... Oh, the best Christmas song. That's a big call. And I'm going to stand by it. That's the one that we listen to as a family every single year. The 21st of December is coming up and it's a good song. So, and it's Australian. I, would, I don't want to listen to songs about how it's cold outside and snowing. How it's freezing. And I know. Cocoa when you're in 
front of a fire. And you're like literally on fire because it's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the classics. I love Michael Bublé. And I love the, my one is, um I love the 12 Days of Christmas because I can do them all. And I, I've spent ages like learning them when I was younger. So it's like a point of pride. Yeah. And my parents had this like album that was like Christmas cocktails and it was all like fun, jaunty songs from like back in the day that were like jazz Christmas carols that I always play when we're decorating the tree. Although I didn't actually decorate any trees this year. The tree got done without me at my grandma's, oh. uh, which is fine because honestly, it's a bit of a <laughs> it's a bit of a minefield trying to do it. So but I always have like I have a little cut out of Harry Styles and I usually put him on top of the tree and he's not there this year. So he's still he's still at our apartment. Oh, it's all right. He can cope with one year of not being the Christmas star of being the angel. Now that we've totally got your Christmas viewing and listening sorted, let's get into 2023. Yeah, the year that was. What a year. The past 12 months of celebrities were back this year. They had a few years where things Mm. were quiet and they're back in public. They're back in public, but then also the strike. So they were at home for a bit, but now they're back again. Now they're back again. It has been a topsy-turvy year, but they were chaotic Mm. this year. Hence, this new podcast. We love them. Thank you for giving us content. But we thought we'd we kind of have some categories put together of of our favorite things or least favorite things. I feel like some of them when I read like most favorite, I was like ah least favorite here. We, we'll go through and do M's favorite and my favorite, and we will discuss in each category. So hopefully you enjoy and and interject with your own thoughts and feelings when you're listening. That's how every podcast should be consumed. Where you yell. You yell while you're listening and agree or disagree and let's kick it off. Our favourite celebrity couples of this year. It was a big year for celeb canoodling, that is for sure. This was a big year, big year. And I had to do some serious, like, as I said, some serious Googling on working out what was this year and what was like two years ago. So you go first. Who were your favourite celebrity couples or your least favourite celebrity couples? You don't have to love anyone. I went for favourite and one is kind of current um so jeremy allen white okay. and rosalia that's very random it's so random, so random and that's why i like it because what do they talk about i don't think they talk i think they just smoke and make out i think so and go to the markets he went from wife and kids to a sexy latina singer gorgeous performer I love Rosalia. she's very special did you see the photo of them where they're like hugging and they've both got cigarettes in each hand and then they're like making out i'm like as if you didn't get any ash on each other. That is truly logistics at work. I think they're experts. I don't think it's their first rodeo. It's one for the ages. We'll look back on this time and think it was beautiful. The other one that I enjoyed this year, but it's not confirmed, Shakira and Lewis Hamilton, as in the Formula One Shakira, driver. Shakira, And that Shakira. I don't know how you can say her name and not say Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> Because I have you. <laughs> You're like a little sound button. That's true. I can just be a little back- background <laughs> noise. I So I didn't even realize that they were alleged. And it was very much a, they were just pinned in the same places together. And she went to, I think, the British Grand Prix and then like the Miami Grand Prix. But all the celebrities go to the Grand Prix yeah. in America. Because so. she was like on her post-separation girl boss tour. Exactly. And this, I enjoy it because it's random. And you just wouldn't expect it. And Lewis Hamilton has always been tied to the pop culture girlies. Like he dated Nicole Scherzinger for eight years. From the Pussycat Dolls? Yeah. They were in a long-term relationship. I did not know that. And separated in like 2015. 
I like Nicole Scherzinger. I'm a big Pussycat Cut the Cat Dolls fan. There is nothing wrong with that. No, thank you. Did you know also he has been on a Christina Aguilera song? No, like featured. Yeah, he rapped a verse on Pipe under the name XNDA. I did not know that. Later confirmed to be him. So Sir Lewis Hamilton and the pop culture girlies—they've always been. So do you believe together? that they've actually hooked up? Like, do you believe this is real, or it's just they were in the same place at the same time? I think it's real. I choose to believe in love or hooking up, and I think they did. Okay, those are two some two very fun options. Got a bit of variety there. Hit me with yours. I wrote in our notes, I don't have any faves because I hate them all. But if I had to pick, um, I think that for me, I think the couple of the year, like regardless of your thoughts on them, is obviously Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. They're not my favorite celebrity couple of the year, but I think they're definitely the couple that has like defined the year, at the very least, the second half of this year. Um, I think in terms of like couples that just made me laugh and I enjoyed hearing about them it's got to be for me Ethan Slater and Ariana Grande because it was so random so it was like she's playing Glinda the Good Witch in Wicked and he's playing another character in Wicked I've got to be honest I'm not familiar with the a lot of the other characters in Wicked uh, other than Alphaba and Glinda he's a character in Wicked or whatever and then they were all she split up with her boyfriend sorry husband I'm so sorry husband Dalton Gomez and then there were all these reports that she was with Ethan who looks like a small child when that broke the first things that people could kind of dig up about him he played Spongebob on Broadway which is like unhinged to me I can't believe it it's an interesting choice because Ariana Grande has always gone for the cool guy yeah, now he's like some Broadway nerd who has a child and a wife. Yeah, that's rough. So I thought that was like really rogue and interesting. But my other favourite were um, Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney, who are very much not together. And they made it so clear that they're not together. And they're not together, but they've just filmed this rom-com that's based on Much Do About Nothing by Shakespeare. Uh, in Sydney and if they're not together they've definitely hooked up and that's going on the record uh, so I think they're my they're my, they're my favorite unofficial couple of the year I've got to be honest they've also been they've been amping it up for press I think once we were, because there were the rumors but then Glenn Powell separated from his girlfriend so it's like now he, he kind of has that freedom for them to impress interviews and things like that they're just amping it up and they're leaning into it obviously because they know it'll sell and, it's and she's still yeah it. and she's still with her like little old restaurateur fiance and I'm like I'm torn because I'm like I don't want to be feeding right into their palm like I'm a smart consumer like we're smart consumers like I'm not just gonna be hoodwinked by their chemistry but also I'm convinced that they this is a Brad Pitt Angelina Jolie situation um yeah I also just feel like, as we said, you can't have that too, like two hot people like that on a film set and not expect something to happen. But but I I feel like because I love Glenn Powell so much and I loved his rom-com era with Zoe Deutsch and I want him to do another film with Zoe Deutsch because they did set it up together, which if you haven't seen is 1000% the best rom-com of the last seven years. Oh my God, am I really bad at maths? That is the, it's one of the, I think it's one of the best. It's so, it's so good. They have chemistry. That is chemistry that I'm looking for between actors. Oh, 1,000. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ignore that Jack Black and uh, <laughs> Kate Winslet slander once again. Um, But 1,000% if you're looking for a movie with chemistry, go no further than set it up. It's just such a good movie. 
Okay, so favorite celebrity couple. Next up, most cringe celebrity moments if you have them. I had for this the Ariana and Ethan moment. The way it unfolded and I found it so uncomfortable. Anytime you get a celebrity cheating or rumor story, yes, I'm hooked. Yes, I want to know more. The second you add a wife and kids into it, yeah. it's icky and I don't enjoy it. It was really That was really bad. I agree. The way that that panned out was, was terrible, to be honest. Um, I think for me, my most cringe moments were Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner making out at, I think it was Beyonce. Yeah. I found that horrendous. Harry Styles getting his hair all chopped off, the buzz cut. Maddie Healy at the beginning of the year, like when he was with Taylor, kind of just being gross. Um, and I also think, and I'll touch on this later, but because it's part of one of the celebrity scandals, but the way that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis had to do that apology video about Danny Masterson, I found that so cringe. And it was like, no makeup. We look like we've just rolled out of bed. Like, let's go to the most plebeian looking part of our house to do this apology video. I found that really cringe. We can see right through it. It was just gross. Yeah, it was just, I was like, do you really think that people are going to be this dumb dumb? Yeah, going back one to Maddie Healy being himself. Until you said it just then, I'd forgotten he and Taylor had that weird thing. Yep. What I know. What was the point of that? Because he's kind of been on a rampage this year. He's not been seen yeah. in a good light. He's said some very questionable things, done questionable things. Well, people said it was because of her carbon emissions or whatever. They wanted to get that Google oh. search out. Do you remember that? And there was also something about her and Carly Kloss being in a 1975 yeah, that, No, that was what it was. I'm so sorry. You're right. It was the Chiefs thing was the was the plane stuff. But then the 1975, it was the Carly Kloss stuff. Further proof that it's real. You're right. It was the Carly Kloss thing because in case you um, were living under a rock, which I think many people are, Carly and Taylor, allegedly according to people on the internet, and there are photos, there are photos of them allegedly kissing on like a balcony at the 1975 concert in like 2015, 16, I think. And they, they're on the internet. They're there. They're around. It's up to you. It's up to your sort of, you know, eye angle and eyesight, whether you think they're kissing or they're kind of like hugging closely. But so many people have like talked about them online that, yeah, that's what it was. It was so that when people Googled the 1975 and Taylor Swift, the Carly Cloth stuff wouldn't come up. Yes. Well, she can't beat me. I know how to Google it. Do you have a favorite celebrity moment generally from this year? Favorite celebrity moment? Yeah, I do. I have three. But yeah. my biggest one is when Brendan Fraser won Best Actor at the Oscars because I just lost my tiny mind. And I couldn't stop crying. Do you want to run us through kind of his arc in Hollywood? Absolutely. So Brendan Fraser is, I think, one of the greatest people to come out of Hollywood. He was huge in the um, kind of early 90s for a bit, then late 90s, early 2000s. Um, he was very much like that kind of go-to action action comedy guy. So he did The Mummy, obviously. Um, well, not obviously if you're not familiar. He's pretty sure he did like the Looney Tunes movie. He did a bunch of other stuff. He and did Encino Man, which is a great movie. That's the one, Encino Man. That's my boss, um, my old boss, Kath's favorite movie. Um, great taste. And yeah, and he was just in a bunch of great things and really kind of coming up as a leading man. And what sort of happened was, was he 
before Me Too, before any kind of mainstream discussion around sexual abuse and sexual assault in Hollywood, he alleged that he was groped by the head of the, I believe it was the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. And like he was groped by this this man, this very senior man in Hollywood. And he then found it very, very difficult to get work. He feels like he was black. He said he felt like he was blacklisted. He tried to go to, um, you know, like, I don't even know if he went to the union, but he definitely tried to get an apology to, to, you know, he told his agents, he told people. And then he found work drying up very quickly. And then he was also dealing with a lot of injuries because the mummy films, obviously, you know, I going I say, obviously you might not know they're very physical. He was doing a lot of stunt work and he kind of stuffed up his back, I believe on the third mummy movie, which is sad because the third mummy was a complete, it was so shit anyway. And um, so he really injured himself and then kind of found himself out of the spotlight for many, many years. And he kind of had little parts in, in little shows. I remember he was in a show that I watched called Condor, which is great. That's on Stan. And he had a very small part. That was the first time I think I'd seen him on screen for at least eight years, seven or eight years. And then he did a couple, he did like a GQ article uh, talking about the incident with the Hollywood Foreign Press Association uh, head. And then he got this role in The Whale, the Darren Aronofsky film, and it brought him back into the kind of cultural mainstream. But there was this huge narrative that kind of pervaded of, um, you know, he's this underdog, he's overcome, he was cast out by Hollywood, and now he's like back in, and oh my gosh, and now he's won the Oscar. And it was this whole thing. And I remember I got really pissed off about it at the time because um, – I loved him for so long and all of these people who they turned a blind eye, they didn't help him. They didn't do anything. They blacklisted him. And then now he's back in the good graces. So they're allowed to like him again. They're allowed to give him these opportunities. I think it's, I think it's so like Hollywood rewriting the narrative in their own favor. And I just think that's bullshit. I, but I love him and I'm so glad that he won. And I think it, but I think it shows that when Hollywood gives people permission to do things, they can really come up the ranks and they can do things. It's like Jacob Elordi. If he's allowed to be more than a rom-com boy, he can do things like Saltburn and, and, and Charles Melton. If he's allowed to do more than Riverdale, he can go into a film like May, December and really make a name for himself. But it's like when you slot people into these things and you don't let them do, you know, different things and you don't let them kind of have these careers what happened to Brendan Fraser can happen where you uh, everything's dried up you can't do anything but then you're allowed back in and every it's all about allowance and I found that very difficult like it's proven the point of that like Hollywood puts itself at the center of the story to welcome people back and it's the same thing with the guy from everything everywhere all at once Kihei yeah. Kwan. It's like, oh, I wonder who wasn't giving him jobs for 20 years. Fucking you guys. You're the ones yeah. who didn't give him work. And now he gets in one movie and you're like, oh my gosh, congratulations, underdog men from the Goonies. Oh my God. And it's like, well, who was he trying to get work from? It was you. Who put him in a box? Who put you. him, who, who did that? shoved that box in the back of the cupboard? You. And it's, yeah. And it's Hollywood being the villain, but then casting themselves at the center of the story as the savior to like reframing the narrative of these guys coming back into the spotlight to be like, go, you guys go us when it's like, well, they're just saying, Oh, enough time's passed. Like we're allowing you to come back now. Another one, very brief one that I mentioned was when Carly Kloss showed up at the Eras tour and everyone went insane. 
I loved that. And I loved um, the coronation of King Charles. I know nothing about the coronation. I watched the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Fun. I really enjoyed it. Just in like a British pomp and circumstance kind of way? I just like watching royal events. I find it all very historical. I watched the funeral. Um, I've watched all the weddings. Like I just enjoy the passing of history. Like I can't believe like the last coronation was in like 1952. So I find that mad that both my parents weren't alive when the last coronation happened and now we can all watch it together. I find that really fascinating. I wanted to see it happen and I like watch, seeing what they all wear and were Harry and Meghan going to show up and what was going to happen and seeing Rose Hanbury, William's alleged gal pal friend, Sad come into thing. the church. I remember I was like watching it and then I like got up and I was like, that's her. Like she's sitting there. I remember pointing at the TV and being like, she's right there. Um, so I think those are my favorite moments. What about you? General celebrity moments. Rihanna revealing her second pregnancy at Super Bowl. Unforgettable. She looked incredible. I think that's the best way to do it. Do it on the world stage. And also because we didn't really get confirmation until after her performance. We all saw it happen. And because it was quite soon after her first pregnancy, Mm. our first reaction was, is she pregnant? Oh my God, we shouldn't be thinking that. That's her body... She needs to do what yeah. she likes. But every time I think that, then, and we then turn we out realize. To be <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That we realized. And I think that's an. I thought it was a great performance. People thought it was a bit lackluster. I thought it was incredible. I thought it was great. That and the Kim Cattrall and just like that drama. So she had a cameo that in the most intriguing. recent season. And this was after there's been years of rumoured tensions between her and Sarah Jessica Parker and the rest of the cast. She allegedly didn't like how Samantha was going to be portrayed in the third movie that never actually happened. And so she was super disappointed about that, wanted nothing to do with the series. So when it was leaked that we were going to get a little Kim Cattrall sneaky cameo, everyone went, well, how is this going to happen? And she ended up doing it without seeing or speaking to the cast or Michael Patrick King, the showrunner. And she didn't she or she'd only do it if Patricia Field would style yes. her for that one scene. The way she made people bend to her will and they knew they had to because Samantha's such a beloved character, especially now, especially yeah. going back and people are able to go, Oh, you know what? Carrie actually did Samantha dirty quite a bit. She was very slut shamey. Oh, was the worst. Yeah. So I think that is one of the best celebrity moments for me. Never back down. What was your most memorable moment? What do you remember the most? Taylor Swift generally. Yeah. Uh, this year really was the year of Taylor. That's undeniable. I became more of a fan. Yay. That and the Gwyneth Paltrow ski trial. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just seeing her looking unenthused in a totally unglamorous situation in Utah yeah totally and that coincided with the quiet luxury trends all of the mags went how to do quiet luxury like Gwyneth Paltrow and she's she's just wearing turtlenecks to court because what else are you going to wear to court yeah and exactly so I think that is going to go down in history I think that's love very memorable for me what about you Mine is, um, I mean, as you say, Taylor, but I think for me particularly, the Sophie Turner, Taylor Swift paparazzi photos when they stepped out in New York after Sophie broke up with Joe, or Sophie and Joe, I'm sorry, broke up mutually, whatever it was. I thought that was 
hilarious and I remember like being at work and I was like how can I be expected to work I feel like I say this a lot I'm like how can I be expected to work when these things happen so I remember that happening really well I remember the Sophia Richie Grange wedding quite well because I, I knew who Sophia Richie was but I didn't really get like the hype around it so I remember that I remember the start of the era's tour when no one knew what was kind of what was she gonna sing how's she gonna do she's got so many albums and then people would start posting on TikTok and then when everyone realized what the surprise songs were I just remember like sitting in bed watching that and I remember the Nepo Baby discourse which I found to be really stupid and funny just because it's like oh is everyone suddenly realizing that a lot of people in Hollywood are Nepo Babies like is this new information Absolutely like I just not. can't quite believe that no one got that I like popping in and saying like, yeah, Ben still is a Nepo baby because people freak out and, and think it diminishes yeah. his talent in any way. Jamie Lee Curtis, Nepo baby. Exactly. Tony, yeah. I mean, and then it's like, you know, Dakota Johnson and then her mum's Melanie Griffith and then her mum's Tippi Hedren. I'm like, welcome. Fucking, you've got Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli. Exactly. That's how these c- creative spaces work. And yes, it sucks in many ways, but yes, we've gotten some really good people and really good performances out of I it. Just think it's, I just think it's stupid that people act like it's new. Like, I'm sorry, get fucking educated. People talk down on it as well because we just think it's a Kardashian thing and we think it's a yeah. vain and vapid thing. It's really not. It's not. It's just, that's showbiz, baby. Like, that's life. Let's all move on. Yeah, definitely not a new thing. I agree with that. No, that and that that was what I found annoying about. It. I was like totally valid. People are pissed off about it, but I'm like, don't act like it's some new thing that we've just discovered, yeah. because this has been going on for like since the dawn of time. Anyway, literally because Jesus, you could argue, is a nepo baby. Um, and then I would also say that another one is um when Spare came out by Prince Harry. That was a real moment. That leads me to our next category for this which is my favorite celebrity scandal just because oh yes all of the bombs that were dropped in yeah in that book oh my god but what even like was there like it was insane he said nothing and everything i would have loved to be a ghostwriter on that book just going wait 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 can you say that again did you read the article by his ghostwriter that was in the new yorker it was really interesting i didn't I mean, to be honest, I didn't really say very much. Like, it was much of muchness, but it was interesting to hear. But the, what did I learn from that book? That he lost his virginity in a field. That he used to put his mum's old face cream on his penis. Uh, that he had a fight with William. That he calls William Willie. And there was a whole thing about Panettone. And that's... And I haven't even read the book, but I'm like, what more can I learn from reading it? And it's like most outlets were waiting for this book to come out because that's all the headlines were for I was waiting for it to afterwards. come out, to be honest. Have you listened to the audiobook or like bits of the audiobook? I've heard snippets on TikTok. When he's like, I put the cream, I put the cream on my todger. The pain was oscillating. <laughs> like I couldn't use the word oscillating for months because I found it. It just took me back to like the todger thing. Yeah. So was that one of your big scandals for the year you thought? Yeah, just because it feels like it's not real. It feels like a bit of a fever dream. How did he divulge so much and nothing at all? So just to hear a very absurd and ridiculous recount of anything that goes on in their lives was super memorable to me. Do you have any favourite celebrity scandals? I do. I loved loved the whole Courtney versus Kim thing on the Kardashians. (laughs) Like... I got married in Italy, like that whole, it was just so stupid. I loved that sort of fight where Kim sort of was alleging that Courtney was copying her. I lo- I liked the whole drama around the idol, the kind of behind the scenes drama at HBO. Oh, I forgot that was this that. year. 
Yeah, so I remember, because I didn't finish watching the show. It was only five parts, if you, if you can believe it. But I thought that was really interesting. Uh, Britney Spears' book coming out, I thought was a huge thing. And that whole sort of discussion around Justin Timberlake and the pregnancy and, you know, what could have happened. And I also think the Russell Brand thing was huge. I mean, these aren't like favorite. Like, I feel like it's kind of gross to say they're favorites, but like these are they're the ones memorable. that I remember and they're, and they're, they're impactful, I think. And the Russell Brand one was huge because there were, I think people thought that there would, it could be him or it could be someone else and it ended up being him. And um, I also think the whole drama that happens is a bit niche, but it's because I read a lot of the Daily Mail. The whole thing that happened on, were you following the stuff that happened on this morning? Like the British equivalent of like the Today Show. This was like one of the hosts on this morning, Philip Schofield, was the one who like had the Holy Willoughby and he's the one who allegedly had the relationship with the younger staffer, but he'd known him since he was like 12 and it became this entire hoo-ha uh, where he had to step down from the show and then he went to rehab and it was all of these investigations into how he could have had an affair and with a power imbalance and did people know on the show when people said they didn't know, but then some people said they did and then he did this ridiculous interview on the BBC which was I watched it and it was like so reminiscent of when Prince Andrew did his interview on Newsnight and it was like I was like who let you do this interview I was like you are so incriminating yourself like just shut up so that I found really fascinating just because of all of the again the behind the scenes going on and what people knew for years or didn't know and very uncomfortable and every day there'd be a different headline and the papers would go after him and then some of the journalists who were reporting on him then got caught up in their own me too scandals which was like the ultimate sort of schadenfreude for other people as well so it was it was a very interesting kind of time of the tabloids earlier this year in the uk i think definitely and shocking because he was seen as so lovable oh yeah and he came out as he was married for like 25 years he's got like three daughters and then he came out as gay on the show a few years ago I remember watching it and like welling up and it was lovely and then it was like people knew he was gay beforehand but then apparently he came out as gay on the show to get ahead of any potential rumors uh so it was all sort of like these nice memories sort of tainted weirdly so that was a big one for me as well I don't think as mainstream here but it was definitely big in the UK speaking of tv do you have any something a bit lighter any favorite tv shows from the year let's move on from guys being gross yes so the bear season two huge uh I loved the last of us I never finished watching that it came out right as I moved oh that's and we moved our house is a bit creaky and it's just us girls so I was just a little bit creeped out I like that kind of apocalypse end of times genre specifically outbreak day media I love oh I see I hate that I hate it I find it so stressful it's the events that follow that I don't like watching so I watched the first couple of episodes and then I went this is way too creepy and turned off did you watch did you watch the episode with Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett I did broke my heart incredible so I remember what I remember watching that I didn't really know what was happening because I was like this is a zombie show about scary zombies that have mushrooms coming out of their throats and then that episode happened and I was like what's going on And I remember sitting on the couch with my like old housemates, so flatmate Tom was there and my other housemate Alwyn. And I was just like kind of like silently like weeping. Like I wasn't really sure what was happening. 
And I, and I did, wasn't like aware that we just watched like what was then going to be called one of the best episodes of the year. <laughs> but I was like, this was fucking mental. Like, what did we just watch? So I feel like The Last of Us was up there. Absolutely. The acting was incredible. And even just the way the show yeah. was put together, it they could have just made it a video game show where they were just relying on the existing fan base to watch yeah. episodes. And they didn't. They made it a masterpiece. They made it really different. And I loved... Um, Speaking of masterpieces, I loved Daisy Jones and The Six. I agree. That's one of mine. But just just fantastic work. Every Friday was a joy when that came out. I remember the episode watching them sing Look at Us Now for the first time. Chills. Just just chills. I loved it. I thought it was a, a wonderful adaptation. They all looked like how I imagined. I think it was done really well because the book uh, Daisy Jones and The Six is like an oral history. So it's like they're all being recorded. Yeah, it's written like an interview. Yeah, and I think they did that really well. And I thought the cast was very special. Sam Claflin is incredible. It was nice to see um, Camilla Marone in she was a great. real role. Riley Keogh. I think she was this as Riley Keogh, amazing. For those who don't know Riley Keogh, she is Elvis's granddaughter. So music inner veins and Suki Waterhouse love her oh I loved it I loved Camilla she was a real standout for me she was incredible ah uh, having not seen her in anything other than being on a red carpet with Leonardo DiCaprio uh, and I mean that like not even being a bitch like I actually just hadn't seen her yeah in any other aspect I thought she was so good like she was so beautiful and her character is actually called Camilla in the show and god she was good she broke my heart like four different times what were your – actually, I have other ones on here, but I've, there's too many then. So what are your other favourite ones? What are your favourites? I would agree with Daisy Jones and then Succession Season 4. Hands down. Oh, yeah. One of the best seasons oh, of yeah. TV I've ever seen. That was fucking mental. To use – to quote Kendall, that was the full fucking thing. It was. It was. The acting was superb. The story was incredible. I think it was so smart that they – called it when they did and said we're just going to make the best final season ever we're not going to let it fizzle we're not going to let our fan base die off agreed and i'm so excited for the emmys next year next month oh my god they're all they're all they're all nominated i think that was definitely my standout tv for this year what about movies movies okay so i've got to preempt this by saying i actually haven't seen a lot of films that are like that came out this year like i've just got to be honest i just haven't um so in writing this list it seems a bit kind of not basic but like basic because I just I just haven't gone to the movies that many times I haven't seen that many films that have come out this year technically we also there was the strike yeah there was the strike like go the strike let us live so I would say that out of the ones that films that have come out this year that I've seen uh Oppenheimer was fantastic Fair Play which we talked about on the podcast the movie with Phoebe Dinova and Alden Einreich was great and the Taylor Swift Eras tour, I've got to be honest. Technically a concert film rather than a film film. but I think that qualifies. Yeah, I, I enjoyed those three. I've seen a lot of films this year, but those are the three that I've like seen that were like released this year. I also will give an honourable shout out to Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 just because that was a real experience. Oh, I haven't actually seen any of the Mission Impossibles. Oh, really? They're really fun. Not the first. Not the first one I've never seen. The second one's dog shit. Third one's average. From the fourth You're not selling onwards, it. No, no, no! You have to start from the um. You have to start from the third one. Okay. I think it's a bit like Die Hard. Yeah, the second one. The second one's set in Australia, and it's genuinely the one of the worst movies ever. But it's like comedy. Like you can't take it seriously. Yeah. What were your favorite movies this year? Mine 
I agree with you. I feel like I didn't watch that many new movies this year. A lot of the ones that yeah. came out on streaming platforms, I didn't particularly enjoy. You said Fair Play. I found that movie terrifying. It made me so sad. Yeah. But sue me for recency bias, but Bottoms, incredible. Bottoms was so good. Bottoms, we went to the movies to see that together on a podcast outing. It was so good. The audience loved it. We, we loved, loved it. it. We were both screaming while I was screaming. It was so funny. And I watched it again like a couple of days later and I can only do that with Did movies you? that I really, really like. <laughs> so Bottoms, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely go and watch. I think it's on Prime. And I love it. So seeing films created by young women and you could tell that it was written by young women not like an old guy yeah writing it like it just when we were watching it I was like oh this is how we speak maybe not to the dramatic effect but like do you know what I mean it was like the intonation the way they talk the way they talk to each other it was like a young woman had written it. their humor and I think there are shows like sex education season four came out this year I didn't enjoy it it's the last season and it just it felt like people writing what they think teenagers do yeah I'm like teenagers are way more bitchy than these nice people when they're like oh we don't believe in gossip I was like I'm done with this season yeah gossip is learning gossip is gossip's a lifeblood gossip's just information do you not like information do you not like knowledge do you never want to learn and we know you guys do because you're listening to a gossip podcast so yeah bottoms loved it and love Saltburn. I've been thinking about it since I watched it. Me too. It's invaded my mind. I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. I just love it so much. Best movie. If you haven't seen either of those, go watch them. Okay. What was your favorite album of the year? Oh, speaking of movies, Barbie soundtrack. Loved it. Frothed it. Oh, Gorgeous. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Charlie XCX. So huge. She also worked on the Bottoms soundtrack. I love Charlie XCX so much. She's so fun. Yeah. Okay. So my two were... um, My first one is Guts by Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. Fantastic. I've said this before. I just love girls singing and shouting. I just love it. Um, And I think Guts was great. I saw a TikTok the other day and it was someone saying, when I was a teenager, I didn't understand how Lord, a fellow teenager, could write the music that she does. Now that I'm in my 20s, I realize that only a teenager could write that. And I feel that so much about Olivia Rodrigo. Like, yeah, 100%. You have to be 20 to be able to write that. 1,000%. They're next level. It's insane. If I if I was like 15 and Olivia Rodrigo was like big right now, don't talk to me. Oh, no way. Just don't. I mean, I'm like, I love her enough now as a 27-year-old person. If I was 15, I would be unhinged. Like beyond. I'm already kind of unhinged. That would be next level. Yeah, so Guts and then did you know there was did you know there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard, the latest Lana album. I love the song Margaret and I love Kintsugi and I also love A&W because they were like kind of like slut pop or at least A&W was and then the rest of them were just like really sad. But like sad, sad, beautiful. Yeah, so that was that was a big, a big one as well. On the fashion front, we had some great moments from this year. Some were gimmicky some were just well aligned for me yeah my favorite kind of press tour slash red carpet look anything that Anne Hathaway did anything yeah she is truly totally. ageless she's beautiful her in anything Versace is an incredible collaboration oh my god I agree whoever decided that iconic absolutely her probably her so that's my standout for this year I think that was, particularly at Cannes, I thought she was wonderful. I think Hunter Schaefer for the Hunger Games press tour has been amazing. And I think 
Margot Robbie for Barbie. Just the fact that she has basically just she just dressed like a doll in the entire time. I thought was fantastic. The way they used historical references and they actually looked at Barbie costumes. Oh. Amazing. Oh, so good. And I think as well, like Anne Hathaway at the Met Gala in Versace was amazing. And she wore, I think she wore Versace as well. I'm not sure though, at this Bulgari event. Did you see that dress? It was like purple and gold with the hood. Oh, I was thinking about the checkerboard one, the green and like silver one. That was amazing too. Oh God, she's had so many. She's had so many. But yeah, I think Anne has been a real standout. Anne and Hunter Schaefer for me. And you know, like Zendaya is always amazing and stuff, but Hunter Schaefer's really gone next level. She has. I. She belongs on the red carpet. I don't know how I forgot about her, but she's... I feel like we need to talk about ourselves for a second, other than our opinions. What was your best purchase of this year? Let's, let's discuss. I was... So I moved to Sydney at the end of January and I was so excited for the thrifting. Okay. I love this because I hate to thrift. So I love that you love to thrift. I need to be in a rummaging mood and I was excited just to be somewhere else where the fashion's different, the op shops are different, there are independent op shops... Mm. There are more in Sydney and totally. I ended up finding at markets 800 metres from my house a Loewe cashmere sweater and it's technically I mean, menswear but it's like the perfect baggy. It feels amazing. It's I was looking for a navy sweater at that point in time as well. Everything aligned and it was like market I prices. So I was in heaven. Good tip for the um, Sydney gals. Uh, Roselle mm. Public School puts on markets every week and there's a stall that sells any brand you can think of go there check it out it's worth the rummage it's not even really a rummage it's just racks and it's quite aesthetically pleasing so that's that's what I want if I've got to do that I want it to be aesthetically pleasing and for there to be racks because I refuse to go through piles no piles make me feel scared and sad. I'm very snobby about it, unfortunately. I'm sorry. So that was probably like my big everything aligned for me to exist in this moment and get this jumper. What about you? Do you have like a... Yeah. So I think my big purchase this year was my Taylor Swift ticket, um, which I think is a favorite purchase. She do be big. She do be big. But I would say I got this shirt from Uniqlo. This just like a blue button down. And I got it in my lunch break when I meant to go buy a pair of pants. And then obviously I came out with a shirt. And then... um. I wore it to work and everyone was like, that shirt is amazing. You look so good. Like, I love this blue on you. And then I'm like now obsessed with it. Oh, It was such a good purchase. It was like 40 bucks, just a button down blue top. And then that and I think um, I got a pair of Onitsuka Tigers as well, which I've become obsessed with. They're the comfiest shoes ever. Also bought them in my lunch break. Uh, quite a bit <laughs> of uh, lunch break shopping. And then I got a Hollier bag earlier in the year, this like great red bag. Which I bought actually after a long lunch in Paddington. I was like, I'm going to go for a walk to the shops. And then I bought myself the bag and also a t shirt. I've had a bit to drink. Um, and I was just like, I'm going to treat myself. And I did. And it's a great bag. It's my little everyday bag, not for work, but like for weekends. And we love supporting local. We love supporting Australian designers. We do. We love supporting Australian fashion. <laughs> I love Australian fashion. That's a good mix. You've got shoes, shirt, bag. Yeah, thank you. And a cultural experience, Taylor Swift. So there's a bit of this, bit of that. I know that you have predictions for 2024, so please. I do. I'm hoping to say them before my phone dies. We're on 1%. So my predictions for 2024 are very random. Randomly, I think Jessica Biel and Justin Timberlake will separate. I think Hayley Bieber will get pregnant. I think Hugh Jackman will come out. Okay. I think J-Lo and Ben Affleck will probably definitely potentially split. 
Uh, I think that Ariana Grande and uh, Ethan Slater might give a Vogue interview or like some kind of interview if they're still together. And I think Taylor Swift will either come out or get engaged. And I think we'll just see the same kind of uptick in remakes and spin-offs and like the same sort of thing with like IP that doesn't change. So that's sort of like my take. And that was a fun, chaotic ending for our final ep of the year. We'll be back in your ears on the 10th of Jan. Yay! 10th of Jan, 2024. Can you believe? Um, thank you so much for hanging with us for the last couple of weeks and definitely more where this came from. Have a great Christmas, whatever you celebrate. Have a lovely new year and that's all, baby. Bye. Bye. Bye.